Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Shannon. And I'm Cherry. Sweet B-dubs is snoring alongside, so if you hear her, you know it's not us. <laughs> We're back for episode 67 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today's episode is all about change. We have an expert in change as our Spark in Our Lives guest today. Before we get to our guest, let's get to our review of the week. Today's review comes from, we think it's Tybee Cost 11. I don't know. Oh, we'll go with it. Tybee says, I listen to this weekly as I drive into work. I have to thank Jerry and Shannon for helping me not to lose my shit in traffic because <laughs> I begin realizing there's so many things to be positive about and traffic isn't going to take control of me. I highly recommend them. Wow. Well, Tybee, props to you because traffic drives me nuts too. But, you know, you're right. And thanks to you for pointing out that traffic should not control us. Spot on with that, Tybee. Definitely. And we're so thankful that you took the time to give us a review. And if you all who are listening, first of all, thank you for listening, would love to give us a boost of positivity like Tybee did, please give us a five-star review rating in the platform that you're listening to us on. Talk about positivity. Today's guest is Chris Masiello. He wrote a book about how to maneuver change. Yep, we dig all into that and, and all things change. But I do want to talk about something a little funny that happened at the end of the episode right as we're wrapping up. So, you know, it, you may hear a little bit of it. We're going to see if it's something that can be edited out. So we don't know quite yet, but uh, a fire alarm went off in the building that he's in. So right as we're wrapping up, you may hear some of that. But you know what? We just maneuvered right through that change. We sure enough did. Well, should we go ahead and get to Chris? Let's get to it. Today's guest is Chris Masiello. Chris is a recognized expert in business and is a personal empowerment speaker. News sources such as ABC Affiliates, Wall Street Journal, and others frequently seek Chris's insight, and he has received numerous industry achievements, including recognition as one of the most influential trend-setting leaders in the real estate and home services industries. We're seeking Chris's insight today on a topic that comes up quite a bit here on the Arner Adventures podcast, and that is change. I can't wait to dig into this more, but Chris wrote a book called Change, Short and Simple, Your Guide to Personal Transformation. Let's just go ahead and dig in. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Shannon, it's great to be with you and your community, so thank you so much. So we like to get a mental picture so that we can kind of understand uh, where are you coming to us from today? So I live in New Hampshire, and uh, I also am fortunate enough to have a uh, home in Naples, Florida. So I'm in Naples today. So. Oh. And uh, my my uh, compatriots up in New Hampshire are getting a lot of snow. So yeah, I was going to uh, say I mean, they're I'm really jealous them, of you right now. 
Yeah, I'm sending them a lot of warm thoughts. <laughs> right, right. I Even though I'm sitting here on the water, I'm still very jealous about the temperatures you have right now. Um, speaking of nice changes, I want to uh, get into this whole conversation. Gosh, you know, as I was sort of going through all of the things that you specialize in and, and your book, I feel like there there's not anyone who's listening to this who cannot relate to what's going on as far as this topic. You know, people want to be in the norm. And we talk about that a lot on this show is that sure. the norm, and I'm using my finger quotes, uh, is something that I I personally and a lot of our guests don't particularly want to be. <laughs> they they want to set sort of a course for themselves that veers off from the norm and, you know, who defines what sure. norm is. But I think it's part of lessons that we go through where we want to feel like we're in the norm and do what is expected of us. So why, first of all, the first question is, why do you think that is? Why do you think people want to, to feel that they're normal? Well, I don't think life as an adult is a whole lot different than life as a child. <laughs> so, you know, it's basically, you know, it's basically peer pressure and, mm -hmm. and, and that, and then wanting, you know, wanting to fit in. And, and if you use kind of your, like your, your group of friends, let's say, and you're breaking out of the cycle of of the norm for your group of friends it's just human nature to um for them to to try to pull you back in right mm -hmm. it, that creates that creates that discomfort for you and I, I always think it's more interesting too about the fact that if if you're out doing something different than the norm uh you know either the norm large the larger norm or the norm within your your social setting it's not really what you're doing that will trouble people it's how it reflects on them. Mm. It's the mirror. I think everything is a mirror. So, so I just use this example. I actually use this example in a book. You know, let's say that you've got a you know group of friends and you want to go do yoga, and nobody nobody in the group does yoga. Mm -hmm. Well, you 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 might be subject to criticism for that because you want a different lifestyle. You want to be more mindful. You want to be more calm. You want to be in shape. All, all these different things. But yet, if you're in a social setting or you know, a social group where, where that's not a priority, no, no judgment, it's just not a priority, mm -hmm. um, then, then that's, and, and if there's some discomfort within your group about that, it's not really what you're doing that's the problem. It's really how it reflects on them and how it makes them feel. I think that's a, if, if we can keep that in mind as we're moving through change, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, people will look at other people who, as you say, you know, are kind of out of the norm and, and they're a little envious, but they don't know how to get there themselves. And so the right. natural inclination is, is, is to apply peer pressure. So. It's really interesting that you say that we had um, a discussion last year with someone who had made big lifestyle changes. And yeah. we were telling him about how, you know, when we were, when we made our lifestyle change, of course, we were not the norm. We had to do it, you know, for our, our health, mental health, physical health. Mm -hmm. But we had a conversation with someone who was really downing it. And mm -hmm. we were talking about that. And I said, you know, really didn't have anything to do with him. Like why, I wonder why he was acting that way. And this, this person said, a lot of times people, exactly like you said, they look at it and they say, well, yeah, that, that change might not be for me, but I am envious of the fact that they can go through that change and I can't do, sure. I can't go through that. So that's spot on with what we've heard uh, from other people. So that's, it's interesting as far as 
feeling like you're included or any of that. Yeah. 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 And the other thing, Shannon, too, is that, that it's self-limiting beliefs. And mm. at some level, we all have them. But we can get into this a little later. Um, yeah. You know, but you know, self-limiting beliefs are 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 just that. You know, there are there in in almost all cases. There are a few, probably may, maybe not, but most. Let's just say for discussion sake, all, and really in all cases, you know, they, they're ours. We own them. We created them. Right. Which also which also means that we can we can disperse them too. We, we don't have to own them for life. Definitely. Um, have you have you sort of had the mindset that is reflected in what you talk about now forever? Did you go through some challenges that made you focus in on change specifically? Like, how did you get to where you are, you know, an inspirational person to talk about change and helping people through that? Well, thank you for that. Uh, I I think, yes, I think I've always had it. I grew up in a uh, very dynamic household. My parents, you know, were amazing, gave us, um, you know, not perfect by any stretch. I was an athlete, still am. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of grew up in an entrepreneurial family uh, where uh, self-limiting beliefs, of course, they're there anyways. You know, we all have them, but but they weren't um, prevalent and uh, you know, anything was achievable. So, uh, so I think from that point of view, I, I probably have a natural inclination, but like everybody, you know, I've had my dark moments of the, of the soul. I mean, everybody has them and we have mm-hmm. them for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're very instructive if we can embrace them. Um, but you know, every time you go through kind of a, a growth spurt, you know, I always think growth is so fascinating personally, because if, if, um, if you take a, an example of a, of an air, of a jet, right? That's getting ready to break the sound barrier. The sound barrier is 762 miles an hour. So as, as this, as the, the airframe is approaching breaking the sound barrier, you've got uh, pressure that builds up on the leading edges of the wings and all that. And it, it makes the plane gyrate and buffer and all do all sorts of things. But once you punch through, it's smooth air. That's where mm-hmm. you get the sonic boom. It's the release of the pressure against the plane. But once, but once you break through, it's pretty smooth sailing until you have to do it again. Right. And so, so, so I think, you know, as we're approaching changes or in events in our lives, it can get a little bumpy, but we have to stay the course and know that it's just a moment in time and it will pass just like when the aircraft, you know, passes through the, uh, passes through the sound barrier. Right. I heard something recently where someone was describing tough times in life and you could say with change too, with the plane. And they were talking about how it's really cloudy and then you get above the clouds yeah. and then there's the sun. Above the clouds. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. We've been using Liquid IV now for over a year and what a game changer. It is, especially if you don't feel like you're getting enough water in each day. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet with so many flavor options. Pina Colada and the strawberry are probably our faves year round. You can take them wherever you go. Or like you do, Jer, you make a big water pitcher every day and drop some packets in that pitcher and mix it up, right? Right you are. Yep, I want my water to work for me. Liquid (laughs) IV delivers two to two and a half times more hydration than if I were to drink the water by itself. Head over to arneradventures.com slash liquid dash IV to grab our discount code and get free shipping. That's arneradventures.com slash liquid dash IV. 
And now back to the show. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the book. The, the book, like we talked about, is called Change, Short and Simple, which I think when you when you think about change, it's not short and simple, but I guess it really is. Uh, but you be. help. Yeah. So you help guide readers through navigating change, transforming their personal lives and their careers. What inspired you to write the book? Uh, well, thank you for asking that. So I'm an amateur historian and, and I've been fascinated with history my whole life. Uh, ever since a little kid, um, and uh, I, had, I had a great grand, my great grandmother uh, had uh, lived in New York City and kind of traveled in the social circle, you know, with uh, the you know with folks who unfortunately perished on the Titanic. So, so my so so I had this like from a really young age this fascination with history. But the more if you understand as you kind of as you as you you know get older, you understand about history. Uh, which is true about life is that it's always about change, and and so you wherever we have gotten to, and wherever we're going to go, all involves change. There's, there's no way of avoiding it, mm -hmm. and and so so I I my hit my interest in history uh, helped has helped me a lot in business and in personal coaching, you know, in understanding that we're always just we're going through phases, and and you know anytime there's something new. Um, it can be judged, right? If you take a look at the transition from, you know, horses to cars, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, heavier than air flight. You can mm -hmm. you just take a look at different things, right? And the computers and, and, and how there's always resistance to new things. But, but as, 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 as that new thing becomes more the norm, it becomes more accepted. You know, that's that's a part of assimilating change into the process. And so I think it's been a combination of what I've learned. I, I've had an I've had an amazing career, but which is still thriving. And I'm so thrilled with the number the people and the number of people that I've got to work with. And I get to, you know, that they've taught me so much. And so really everything I have is is really more of a compilation of what of what either I've learned or what other people have taught me. In, in working with them. And I, I'm a big believer too, in that when you have the opportunity to work with somebody else, it's an opportunity to work on yourself. Mm. And, and so if I kind of merge together, you know, the, the, the appreciation of history and the understanding of it, of, of how history, um, you know, transcends events and, and, and the resistance that, that happens through it. And then the opportunity to work with so many fine people, putting those together is, is it was really kind of the formation of the book. So with that being said, you know, his people who learn from history learn not to repeat certain things. Do you think that, um, is there a certain personality type of the people that you work with who do not like change? Do you find that? I mean, I, I feel like my assumption is that most people don't like change. I and it might be something with my personality that I want new things. Like I want new experiences. Right. No, I, right. If someone tells right. me something's changing, yeah, there's some stress with it. Like, oh, I got to learn something new or, but I, I like when things are changing. I'm the person who changes my living room around, you know, every few months. Sure. So do, are there certain personality types that are like that or what makes someone welcome change? Whereas another person, you know, detests it. Well, I think, I think, I, I think we all come here. We all come here with, with certain proclivities. So we all come by 
our resistance to change pretty naturally. Some, some more than others, of course, as, as you point out. But, mm-hmm. but generally, I think we're all kind of, you know, we all come here kind of pre, pre-programmed uh, to be leery of, you know, uh, uh, weary of change. And, um, and, and simply because, you know, we're, as a species, so, so this is kind of what I tell everybody. So as, like, if you don't like change, don't worry about it because you're like an amazingly good company. <laughs> and and right, I mean, I don't know. You know, yeah. there's, there's eight there's eight billion of us now, and I don't know how many billions there were before that. But like, you're in like super good company. Sure. So we all so we all come by this just naturally because as a species, we are wired for survival. That's how we got here. And and so you know, in in a historical sense, um, that when something changed in our environment, when our environment was you know more treacherous. Uh, Right. Our external environment was more treacherous. When something changed, it typically signified danger first. Then your fight, flight, or freeze instincts kick in, and so so we're all kind of wired that way. Mm-hmm. I think how it, how how we start to dismantle that though is to understand. Okay, well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with me. I I'm I'm as easily adaptable to change as the next person. I come by this naturally. We don't have the same type of environmental hazards that we had. 5,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, pick, pick, pick a time frame. Mm-hmm. And, and so instead of scanning, instead of, instead of following our predisposed wiring to scan for threats first, opportunity second, we now as a species have the opportunity to scan for opportunity first, threat second. And, and that's a mind shift. That's, that's a change, but it's, but it's a, but it's a thing. And right. And right. But, but so, but but so we come so we're, we we really are predisposed to it. It's all about rewiring your system, Shannon. You know you you know we all talk about how to rewire the brain. You know we just have to be patient enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine being comfortable with the way things are is also a protective you know way of dealing with things. Yeah, I don't want this change because then I'm going to have to adapt to or, or is it as safe as this is here? That, that's how. Well, it you know I, I I'm kind of an advocate of the status quo is not safe. Mm. If it might feel safe and, and we can all understand why, um, but like you changing around your living room. Yeah. Like, I, I do the, I do the same thing by the way. So, <laughs> um, and uh, I grew up, my mother is an interior designer, so I kind of have it in my system. Okay. But, uh, but, but I would, I would actually advocate that the status quo is not safe. Now there's this, there's this, uh, and, and for the simple reason is that there's all sorts of stuff going on around you. So while, so while you think nothing's changing, everything is changing. Like, right. Like no one, no one escapes that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, I think if, if, if we stay in the status quo too long and we stay in our comfort zone too long, then, uh, then at some point you're going to have to play catch up. Because you haven't been making the the incremental changes along the way to, to, to kind of keep up, mm-hmm. and and I I I've adopted uh, this term called the creep of change. You know, things kind of like just creep up on you, and and so you know if, if you're in the status quo for too long, or you're not really paying attention to what's going on around you, you know, change creeps up on you, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like you're caught really off guard because now instead of a little bit of change all at once, all of a sudden it's a lot of change. Like it's starting to make me think bigger, like societal changes and people who don't, who don't adapt to the way that people change or the way the environment changes or anything. This could go huge. Right. Uh, Right. Well, well, so think about this for a minute. 
so we have the pan. I, that's a great the societal piece is great. That, that was that's such a good ad. So think about think about the whole um, wanting to work at home movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know the, the the movement of you know you know finding new jobs and this and that. Well, so out of the pandemic, people got used to working at home. But but I, I I'm I'm more of the mindset of that. It's not that people don't want to work in the office because we're because we're pack animals. Mm-hmm. But that, that that's we're wired as pack animals. Otherwise, we wouldn't have cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we want to be around other people right, for all sorts of reasons. You know, social, energetic. You pick any number. But I think like at a business level, what's been missing is that it's not that people don't want to go back to work. It's not that they don't want to go work, go back into the office. You know, there might be some of that, of course, but but predominantly. But what they're really saying is that they want to be in an environment. They don't want to go back to the environment, the office environment that they had pre-COVID because they got a little bit of time to be away from it. And they realized how dysfunctional it is. Mm-hmm. And really what they're saying is that I want to be in an environment where, where my voice matters, where I have more input where I can feel really more at a heart-based level that I'm contributing, I'm not just a number. And, and so, so that's a place I think where, you know, society or business has been very slow to pick up on the fact that that, that hiatus from being in the office gave people the opportunity to step back and say, hey, whoa, I'm, I, I don't wanna go back into that toxic environment. Right. So I think, I, I think the societal piece that's, you know, it's a great, uh, that's a great ad. So I'm thinking about, I was in a, shortly when things opened back up, I was in a cab or an Uber or something uh, in New York. And it was when they did their whole, oh, we're back open, oh, yeah. everybody come visit. Yeah. But it was still, you know, you had to show your vaccination card to go to a restaurant, uh-huh. you still had to wear your mask, all uh-huh. that stuff. I was in this cab and we were talking about Hey, have you seen, you know, things change because of the pandemic as far as coming back to normal, all of that. And he was saying, yeah, I think that just the whole conversation about people and, and uh, how people adapted and all of that. And he said, yeah, you know, we just, we came back together as a city and it reminded me of, you know, around nine 11 and how we all just kind of came together. And he said, but I, I fear that enough time is going to go by and they're going to revert. Everybody's going to revert back to the way it was. And they're going to forget that this whole big change should have made us stay more together and and all of that. So I I had have been back a couple of times since, and I I asked, you know, the cab drivers, whatever, have you noticed blah, blah, blah. And, And all my experiences this last time was like, yeah, you know, it's back to the way it was. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Listen, if there's one thing that bugs us to no end, it is traveling with someone who checks their luggage. What a waste of time and money. <laughs> First, you should just take less and you can grab our travel prep list at arneradventures.com to pack smarter. But one of the best resources we use is our BASE carry-on rollers, which allow us to carry everything we need. And since it's the carry-on size, you don't have to check it. I think the most common questions we get from people is how we avoid checking our luggage. And we always say, pack smarter and base. Head over to arneradventures.com slash base. That's B-E-I-S to grab the link to save $15 off of your first purchase. You're not going to regret this purchase. Our family and friends and anyone who travels with us now has base luggage. Really because they got tired of me complaining about 
than wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> that is ornerventures.com slash base to grab the link there. It's also in the show notes. Happy travels. And now back to the show. So I'm curious yeah. what your opinion is on that. Do you, and I'm not talking, picking on New York. I'm talking about anyone with any kind of a big change. Do you think that people welcome it? And it seems so warm and fuzzy on a societal stance. And then people are just like, oh, okay, I'm just whatever. Like, why do you think that is? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. I was just in New York city. I was just in there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Now the one thing I did notice was the restaurants close at like 10 30 now, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> that's true. That's a change. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's a change. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's just, again, I think it's our, our wiring to go back to what we know. Mm. And um, because maybe it was safe, you know, I, you know, I always think that's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting conversation about going back to what, you know, I mean, that's very common, you know, that people will go back to what they know because it, because it feels, because it feels safe to them. I always think, I always think diets are funny because so, okay, I'm going to go on a diet. Uh-huh. And I don't know, pick, it, pick 60 days and I'm going to lose this much weight and I'm going to, I'm going to have this type of discipline for my, you know, for, for my, my, my food intake. Right. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I'm going to have this exercise and all this other stuff. Well, and then, at the, and then when the diet's over, what do, what do a lot of people do? Well, they go back to what they know. Right. Revert back to what they it's knew. Like, yeah. It is, that's not the point of it. The point of it is the point of it is not to go back. The point of it is to continue with a different lifestyle. And mm. so, you know, I, I think um, it gets down a lot to uh, who who's committed to a different lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, you know, and yeah, and you take a, you take a place like New York and I know we're not picking on New York city. Um, you take a place like that, you know, it has a specific, um, you know, energy around it. And uh, you know, that's, that's, probably hard, probably hard to move, you know, mm-hmm. institutionally going, going back to what they know. Mm-hmm. Also not to completely down this, but I'm thinking about when people are in a, a bad relationship or an abusive relationship, no doubt. sort of like, I, no doubt. well, the devil, I know I would rather stay right. here than change. There's this, there's this um, condition called loss aversion. And uh, loss aversion is basically is basically the inclination to stay in the status quo because exactly what you just said, Shannon, is that well, this is what I know, um, and and what I know is safer than you know the, the space that I'm in today that I know feels safer than going to new space. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's just the mindset, and so as you pointed out, staying in jobs, relationships, you know, circumstances that that don't serve, but it's what you're used to. Um, it, it, it's a little bit like terminal velocity, you know, if you can break out of orbit, mm-hmm. you know, that's where all, that's where all the really cool stuff lives. And, right. And you, you have to find the courage to do that. What about people who are in change that they have no control over, you know, whether it's societal, whether it's family, whether, whatever it is, it's a, a, a change that they have no control over. They have no choice. What advice do you have for people who want to be able to navigate that in a positive way and maybe find that they're even welcoming it? Like, are there, is there a tip or something you can tell them? Yeah. Um, I certainly, from my experiences and just getting back to our, that our last topic with, with, um, 
with people staying in the condition that they're in that might not be optimal mm-hmm. is, is to really appreciate the fact that that all all the new good stuff lives in the space that you haven't been in yet mm. so you have to move into that space that's so true because 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 really not much is going to happen in the space you currently know it's already defined mm-hmm. so so to find that new you know juicy part of life that i'm looking for where am i going to go i have to go i have to go find that blank that blank chalkboard or that blank mm. space and go there and that's where i'm going to create it i'm not going to create it necessarily almost hardly ever in the space that i currently know mm-hmm. so. that's what life's about yeah. you know experiencing new things yeah. so is that what you uh, think people should do like say okay this is going to be an adventure i need to i mean just changing working on working on changing that mindset i mean i'm, I'm guessing there's not some easy just click you know key turn you know in, in general terms it let's just say it takes six weeks to either develop it to either form a habit or to dissolve a habit right because it requires your every time we have a habit uh you know, I talk with my hands, for instance, or it mm-hmm. could be food, or it could be, you know, relationship, or it could be exercise, it could be sleep, it could be discipline for work, with any number of things. They're all synaptic connections, which we build over a period of time. So that's how we wire our brain. That's our neurons. It's how they how they wire. And and the the more we do one thing, the more the more that our 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 synapt the stronger our synaptic connections get, our our neuro our neural net, right? It becomes stronger and stronger. So and if you think about it in terms of the average person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day mm-hmm. and, and 80% of them are the same as the day before. So, so we're naturally doing a lot of reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think to actually almost everybody, all of us. And, and so you can't monitor 60,000 thoughts a day, but what you can monitor are the thoughts that are important to you for the things you want to change. And, and so that's why we have to kind of be patient with ourselves and understand that if I really want change, um, I'm going to have to be patient and it might take me six weeks mm-hmm. or eight weeks or three weeks, and depending on what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and be patient with yourself and don't give up. You know, one, one strategy that I, that I've, I've developed, um, is keep a calendar. You know, if, if you think it's going to take you 60 days to change, well then mark off one day at a time, because then you'll see that you're getting closer and closer and closer to that point. You know, Mm -hmm. so that you don't feel like you're on this like endless ride that like, when does this end? You know, right? you might need to, you might need to extend the calendar or shorten the calendar, but, but at least give yourself, you know, a measure. Uh That documentation, especially if you're visual, which a lot of people are to be able to see that it's sort of like when you see a photo, you know, from years ago, whether it's, I mean, everyone changes age, but if you, if, if it's, you know, lifestyle change and you say, wow. I I look and feel so much better now that I've made that change. Or if it's uh, you know, something in your home or whatever it is, like you're you're renovating your home and you have a picture before and a picture after, it's so much more monumental than the stages when you're living it, you know? Yeah. That's why there are before and afters of, of physical right. transformations. Yeah. yeah. I was as I was sort of preparing to talk to you, I was thinking about how there are stages of grieving and how Mm. a lot of people believe that you go through all of these stages before you start to really, well, I guess it's a a way of healing, but a lot of, since a lot of people look at change in a negative way, I thought, well, I wonder if, you know, when someone has a change 
that was not welcome. They did not invite that in and they do not want it. Do you think that, you know, there are, there are stages or do you, when, when they don't welcome it, do you think there are stages of that mm-hmm. or, you know, um, challenges that you have to overcome before you start, you know, your mindset starts changing. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. So I would advocate that control truly is an illusion. I think it's just easier if we accept that. Now, there okay. are certain things there are certain things we can control. We can control, you know, our 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 things like diet and a little bit, you know, in our environmentals and things like that. So yes, we have control over 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 the things maybe in close proximity to us, but but in a larger sense, um, you know, there's some things that are just going to be out of our control. And mm. And I think I think under, just accepting that there will be some things, um, and they could be big things, that are out of our control. I think it's healthier than stressing about how do I control everything. Because you know when we when we try to control everything, Shannon, our world gets small. Yeah, it gets. Smaller You're saying this to a control freak, like yeah, well, <laughs> a complete control freak. And I agree. Well, I, I stress yeah. out more when yeah. the things don't go my way, which yeah. is a whole change right. thing. Right. Yeah. But here, but so, so if we think about it in terms of, if we think about it in terms of, of sure, we have control over certain things. Okay. Um, our physicality and, and, you know, all the you know, diet and how, how we interact with people and, you know, things like that. So we, so we do have control over some things, but, but if we try to control too much, like I, like I just said, our world gets small, but here's, here's actually what we have control of all the time regardless of what the circumstances it's how we interact with the change. This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, but are safe to breathe since they are made with non-toxic ingredients and they're not overwhelming like other candles you may be used to. Between morning brew, lemon bake, lavender, there's just so many scents to choose from. Southern Oak Artisan 100% natural soy candles are handmade in our home state here in North Carolina, but lucky you. They ship all over the U.S. Yes, lucky indeed. Head over to arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan, where you can grab our discount code and link to save on your soy candle purchase. That's arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan. It's also in the show notes. And now back to the show. We are, we are 110% in control of how we react. And how we interact with whatever that change may be. Mm. That's the ultimate. So getting back to your, uh, your, your desire for control. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. That's what we control. We, we control how we interact with the event. We don't yeah. control the event. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, m- many events we just, we can't control, but what we always control is how we interact with it. We are not victims. Yeah. And change creates opportunity. It's again, scanning, scanning for opportunity versus scanning for threats. Mm. So I, you know, and I, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of, I'm a big believer in that, that, that things are going to, things are just going to happen and, yeah. and okay, fine. Let them happen. Now, where's the opportunity for me in this? I just wrote that down because I, I feel like one of the ways I control things is looking at a situation and saying, what's the worst that's going to happen? 
-hmm. <laughs> what is the worst thing that can happen? So I can go ahead and be prepared for that, which is mm -hmm. totally not, I know it's not the way that I should go into things. It should be more of a, a positive mindset, but I love scanning for opportunities. Yeah. And what's the opportunity for me in this yeah. challenging situation? Yeah. Well, you, you do have to, I mean, look, you can't, we can't be too Pollyannish about it. We do have to backstop against, <laughs> against, you know, things not going well. So, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that all we do is scan for opportunities and, you know, it's a Willy Wonka, it's a Willy Wonka movie, you know, but, right. it's, but, it, but it, but it is, it is about, you know, so we do have to be aware of, of backstopping things, you know, but they can't be the primary focus because, 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 in, you know, where, where our thoughts go, right. Energy flows. And so if we're, if we're on the threat side, we're going to get more threats. If we're on the opportunity side, we're going to get more opportunity. Mm. And, and, you know, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, people can say, oh, energy this and woo woo that. And it's like, well, okay, but, but, but it's pretty much proven it's a thing. Yeah. But the, law, the law of attraction is a thing. Yeah. And, and it comes in all sorts of different forms. It means different things to different people and different, you know, different traditions. Um, but if we if we take personal responsibility for how we interact with an event, that's the ultimate control. Do you find that more people, uh, either you work with one on one or people that you talk to who uh, get your book, which everybody needs because we all go through change. Do you find that most of the people who are seeking that help are people who who are going through uh, a negative, what they perceive as mm -hmm. a negative change in their life? Or do you think it's just sort of like, okay, it's personal growth. I want to, I'm, I'm guessing it's a mixture of both. We all need to be, like you said, growing and learning more, but do you find that people seek your advice when they are in a uh, sort of a negative challenging change? I, I, I think it is more that unfortunately. And, and I think one of the, one of the themes, you know, in, in what I do is to try to get people to not wait until some event mm -hmm. that has triggered you where now you've got to make massive change. Yeah. And, you know, and, and unfortunately I think again, as a species and, you know, and it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's an odd juxtaposition because as a species, we resist change, but yet the one thing the species has been able to do better than any other one is adjust to change. It's so right. fascinating to me if you think about it in terms like that. And um, so I, I, I do think that there's a leaning towards, you know, having some type of event, negative event in life, in, which mm -hmm. then gets you to, then, then kind of forces you. You know, I think about it in terms like this. When you have, if you spend too much time in your comfort zone, okay, Mm -hmm. uh, you will be chased out of that. So mm. you can either, you can either like move out voluntarily if you're over time and, and, or, or at some point, if you spend too much time in your comfort zone, you will be chased out of it. Right. That is a guarantee. That is a guarantee. Mm. And then that's, that's what creates, you know, that's what creates, um, you know, those negative events that build up a lot of pressure on you. And then people, people have to then kind of, you know, perform at an extraordinary level, which is hard. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. I think so. That makes sense. Uh, it, it would bubble until it is that big unwelcome change that they don't want to deal with. And they, it was happening the whole right. time. Yeah. You well, know? Think about health. I, I always think health is a really good example, right? So, you know, if you take care of yourself a little bit every day, just a little bit, 
okay, um, then, you know, odds are very good. You're going to be healthy longer. But if you don't take care of yourself and you kind of abuse yourself a little bit every day, okay, mm-hmm. well, the same thing accumulates until all of a sudden, wait a minute, I've got a disease. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I've got an illness, I've got high blood pressure, I've got diabetes, you know, mm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so now, now all of a sudden I have to take radical measures. Yeah. I have to go on a, you know, prescription or, um, you know, I might something even, you know, something even more, you know, uh, more intense than that. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's doing a little bit, I, I always call it do, I call it doing the work. Yeah. If we do the work, if we just do the work a little bit every day, then, then, you know, we're building up that reservoir of, of, you know, energy and mental health, physical health, emotional health, where, where, where we're, we're really less likely to be, um, you know, preyed upon by circumstance. Mm-hmm. What techniques do you use on a, on a daily basis or a regular basis to help yourself deal with change and, how can that, how can we implement those? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm not different. I'm not any different than anybody else. Right. You know, so um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of experiences, which is really what I try to convey in, in um, you know, my work and my writings. Um, I, I think being for me, what's always helped me is stay in curiosity because when you're curious you're not in judgment. And when, when we move, and I think that's what happens when there's a lot of change, we immediately move to judgment. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, we, you know, fellow 8 billion of us, you know, we, we, we immediately move into, in, into judgment. But see, once I start judging something, once I judge, I have closed out all other opportunities because you can't right. be in curiosity and in judgment at the same time. So, so, you know, there, if I'm curious about how an event, which an event maybe that I didn't sponsor, but, you know, it's just been laid on me. You know, here's mm-hmm. here's here's a thing that's changing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm curious about it, then I'm going to have multiple timelines of events possibly spur out of this event. But if I judge it as being bad, an immediate rush to judgment, there are no timelines for any positive outcome. Oh. Because I've already, I've already decisioned it. Yeah. I've decisioned this to, to have no opportunity whatsoever. And so for me, I actually just had one of those um, myself, actually. And, um, uh, and, and I, it, was kind of, it was kind of a moment for me. It was just the summer. You know? It was kind of a moment for me. And you know, I, remember th- I remember thinking to myself, almost in the same breath, I was like, oh, Really? And then I was like, oh, wait, like, right. What a huge opportunity. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, right. That's the reason why I'm here right, right now is, is, mm. is because of the opportunity and you know how one door closes and one opens. I was in one yeah. of those closing and opening, you know? Okay. Things. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I think, I think living in curiosity, just be curious. You don't need yeah. the answer right now. I mean, that, that's the other thing. You don't need the answer right now because mm. we, we take we get so much security out of wanting the answer it's like you don't need the answer right now it, mm. it, it'll, it'll, come, it'll come to you don't worry about it it'll, it'll arrive if you're curious so you know be, stay in curiosity and uh and, and don't rush to judgment 
it's sort of like traveling. You know, we, we always say mm -hmm. you should travel and you should be curious about other cultures. Mm -hmm. And, and it does open you up to where you're not judgmental about people who are different than you, you know? So it's very similar to what you're saying. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's staying, you know, staying and living, staying and living in curiosity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, will will open doors for you that, that you'll be really pleasantly surprised at. Well, I think we should get to your fast five questions. So the number one is arrive early or fashionably late. Early. Yeah. I, I sort of figured it would be, it would be that way with yeah. you. I don't know why, but I'm the same. Hard. Way. It's hard to do, but I would say early. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be early. Yeah. Okay. Number two, sunrise or sunset. Oh, both. I love mm. both. I do too. So, I lean towards sunrise because I feel like it's yeah. a fresh start, yeah. probably change. It's a fresh start, but I guess you could yeah. say that about the sunset as well. If I had to pick one, I would say sun, I will say sunrise. And number three, passenger or driver? I don't mind being a passenger. Okay. Number four, city or countryside? Country. I'm sitting, you know, when, when you first said that, I was thinking, I wonder if when I get to number four, I should say Florida or New Hampshire. <laughs> right. Well, I know Florida. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I enjoy nature. You know, yeah. I enjoy, I actually, in New Hampshire, I live in the country and I'm very blessed oh, where I live. Yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, I've studied animal totems for years. And so being, you know, being with, um, you know, in nature and, and yeah. you know, watching the wild, wildlife and all that is, is uh, kind of a pastime of mine, so. I'm going to completely put this out there because I was very ignorant before, but uh, when I went to Alaska, I was in Ketchikan and, mm. you know, went on one of those totem tours and the stories mm. that come behind, I had mm -hmm. no idea. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, okay, they're, they're sort of decorative and I'm sure they have something to do with whatever, but I had yeah. no idea the depth that depth. those totems have. Yeah. yeah. There's a great book. If you're looking uh, uh, by uh, Ted Andrews called Animal Speak. It's like an encyclopedia of animal totems. It's great. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. That came up. Okay. Number five, Jerry swears. This is the best way to get to know anyone is ketchup or mustard. Ketchup. <laughs> ketchup. Okay. I actually, I actually don't really eat meat. So I was like, we don't either. We don't, yeah. We don't, we don't eat meat, meat either, but um, you know, for eating a, a veggie dog or something, we, yeah. you know, that that's sort of when we would, do one or the other. Yeah. And the question that we ask everyone is what does a life well lived mean to you? I think, you know, it can mean a lot of things. But I think generally for me is, is, um, I kind of define my, my days and my interactions with people as, you know, leaving whatever circumstance I've had, uh, better than the way I found it. Yeah. That's a great, really great way of approaching every, every day. Yeah. It could be just, and it doesn't need to be big. As a matter of fact, most of the time it's not. It's, uh -huh. just, it's just, you know, little things, but, but yeah. leaving things, you know, better than, better than the way you found it. Mm, that's so nice. Yeah. But I do want to ask if you could tell our audience where they can find you and how they can get your book. And we're going to link it in the show notes. Uh, just go to uh, chrismassiello.com. Okay. How great was that? That was, that was wonderful. Yeah. I feel like so yeah. often we all, I mean, I think mo we'll be talking about this in the episode. Most people look at change as a negative, right? 
typically yeah mm -hmm. i think everybody's somewhat intimidated by it if if and that's yeah that's everybody so yeah. i i remember when we were we saw that you know he had this book and we were like okay he should definitely be on the podcast i was thinking ooh i i i think that this might be a difficult conversation but it wasn't it was it was i love someone who makes me think about something in a different way you know we talk about mindset a lot but i loved how he made me feel like you know, you don't think about how much control you have about change until you have a conversation with an expert in change that makes you realize that you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. You, I think it's one of those things we all kind of just roll with like, oh, it's a it's a fact of life. And and you're right. We're not going to break it down and try to analyze it. We just got to roll with it. It's like, yeah. you know, turn and face the strange ch ch changes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Is that David Bowie? Yeah, that was. Okay. Okay. That's appropriate. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, we, we don't have control over the fact that it's going to happen most of the time, but when it does happen, we can control the way that we react to it. He really made some good points that made me want to look at change as as just new opportunities. And uh, I like the outlook on that. Yeah. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today, or any episode, our guests, or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arnardventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida uh, Dos Vidiniana. And uh,